Welcome to another episode of Provoke Success. I'm your host, Scott Bynum. Today, the uh, one and only Matt Ansel joins me. Yes, sir. Matt is a uh, pastor, actually, from Family Church right behind us in Signal Hill, California, or Long Beach, California. Uh, thanks for joining me, Matt. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah. So glad to be talking to you. Yeah, appreciate it. Nice, beautiful day out here. Got yeah. a cool little spot with uh, your church in the background. Got some shade and, you know, nice Southern California day. So can't this complain, you know. This is it. It doesn't yeah. get much better. So uh, we'll start. We'll just jump into it. Um, so you're a pastor. What, what got you into that? Like, how did you go to school for that? Or did you just kind of fall into it? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, well, first of all, I, like, grew up going to church my entire life. That's pretty much all I've known because my, my parents have always been in ministry, they call it, uh, or my dad has always been a pastor. My earliest memories of of just being a little kid is going to like youth group events at Christian churches where my dad would be a youth pastor for students, junior high, high school age. And there's pictures of me, you know, all throughout the house, you know, two and a half, three years old, pizza in my hand, hanging out with teenagers. So that's kind of like my earliest memories is just hanging out with teenagers at church, going to events, all-nighters, nice. <laughs> hanging out with the big kids. And uh, so I always thought that was cool. My dad and mom were always kind of like respected and great leaders and students loved them. And then of course the time came where my dad was um, given an opportunity to take over a church as a senior lead pastor. And so that was in Whittier, California over 15 years ago. and. Um, so I kind of just grew up in church my entire life, and my parents modeled what it means to be a Christian really well. They never forced anything upon me, which was a, a question that a lot of people ask, like, hey, do you do this because your dad does it? And like, honestly, they just, they loved God, they loved people, and they were the same people at home as they were on the platform, which I really thought was awesome. And a lot of my friends just loved them too, uh, whether they were Christians or not Christians. They would come over to our house and. They just liked being around my parents, and so I thought that was awesome. And then, yeah, I, I kind of just followed in his footsteps uh, because they modeled it so well, what it means to love God and how to do that, and film, developed my own relationship with Jesus. And and then the rest is kind of history. Here we are today. So I, I got into full-time ministry or uh, right after college, and... I remember having a conversation with my parents in the kitchen of our house, and I said, I think I know what I want to do. I think I want to be a pastor full-time. And that was my senior year in high school. And then my dad tried everything in his power to, to not let me do that. <laughs> so wait, did you get another degree then? You said right after college. So I, I, went to, I went to Fullerton Community College. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I had a, I had a construction job, and all these jobs came through relationships within the church that we were going through going to so I had a construction job I had a delivery truck job I drove a bobtail for for a year or so I had a construction job and I you know learned a lot but I also messed up a lot <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had to let that go but I think they were glad that I let it go because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't much of a construction guy but <laughs> but I did learn a lot and so I was going to school at the same time and work and working part-time and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And um, I knew I wanted to go into full-time ministry. And so after I was done with community college, getting my AA, then I, I uh, took some courses through a, a Christian denomination called the Assemblies of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's actually an Assemblies of God network uh, for Southern California in Irvine, California. And they offer ministry classes so that you can get certified, licensed, and ordained as a as a minister so that's what I did and um, that's kind of how I got started into ministry but I was always super involved in my youth groups um, student ministry and things like that I was always super involved I mean I went I would I was at church I was the church kid that was there like you know two nights a week uh, <laughs> on Sunday all day like that was just that's just our life and so that's just kind of how I was raised and wired up that's cool, yeah. So it's just kind of in your blood a little bit. Yeah. Um, are you so are you second generation, or did yeah, my grandpa do it? Or uh, no, we didn't. My dad was kind of the first Christian in his household. Oh wow. Uh, he received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior when he when he was uh, in high school. A friend invited him, and 
he made that decision. And my mom grew up in a in a Christian household, but my dad did not. And so I, I think they got they got hooked up in in high school, and then they married shortly after. And they're both only 20 years older than me, and they're they've only been married one year more. So 21 years uh, or so, whatever they've been married. Or more. I can't remember the math, but <laughs> how old am I? Oh, I'm 29, so they've been married for 30 years. Okay, yeah, we're the same age. Yeah. No, I'm 30. I'm 30 oh, years yeah, old. Okay. I just had a birthday. Okay. okay, yeah, I'm losing it now. Yeah. My <laughs> hairline is receding more, and I'm getting more gray hair. So, no, it's all good. <laughs> Do you? Uh, so you pretty much always been a Christian, then? Because I get asked every now. Because I'm a Christian, I get asked, uh, "Well, how long have you been a Christian? When did you have that moment where oh, you yeah. knew?" And like, I don't, I don't think I've had that moment where I just like, oh, you know. April 4th, 2003 oh, yeah. or something like that, you know, like I don't have that. So what about, is that same thing with you? Uh, or? No, for me, it's like been a, it's like a journey because, because I grew up in it, there was never really a defined moment. Um, like, you know, a lot of people will, it'll be their first time in a church building and they'll be a, a part of a church gathering and they'll remember the day they made a decision, they mm-hmm. prayed a prayer. Yeah. But for me, I grew up in it. And so it was just constantly soaking in, soaking in, soaking in. And I think I've made recommitments over the course of my life in different stages. Yeah, exactly. And so I can't say that there was one particular moment, but it's been just a lifelong um, experience uh, in recommitting my life at different ages as I became more aware of my <laughs> of my sinfulness and more aware of my need for God and His grace and His mercy. And so, and then every single day I'm still asking God, I need your, I need more of Your grace. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so. awesome. You know how like uh, doctors, if they're out and about and someone knows they're a doctor, they're like, oh, can you take a look at this? Or, you know, like there's those types of people, if they know what your career is, they're like, oh, can you help me with that? Or, oh, you're a magician? Show me a magic trick. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you get that that kind of stuff when people find out you're a pastor and you're just out and about? Yeah. So I actually try not to lead with that because it changes everything. Mm-hmm. So like... Oh, they'll try not to cuss or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like we play yeah, basketball at LA Fitness and uh-huh. I never told you I was a pastor because then you'd, you'd <laughs> stop fouling me and I'm fine with getting fouled, you nah, know? I don't fouling it's all, it's all clean block for me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But it does change things a little bit. It changes the dynamics of relationships. And so I try not to lead with that yeah. and uh, just kind of, you know, my name is Matt. and. If you want to call me Pastor Matt, that's probably because I'm your pastor at church, but and it's an honor thing. But other than that, I'm you know just a regular guy uh, trying to be the best husband, the best dad I can be, the best follower of Christ I can be. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, because I know because we would hoop for a while, hoop with each other for a while, and we didn't. It was more like we if we saw each other out and about, we'd be like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" Because yeah. we hooped together. Um, but then I randomly came to your church one day. Didn't know you were the pastor there. I just found a church. So I was like, I'm going to try this one out. I saw you were there. And then you gave me like the, first of all, you gave me like the biggest welcoming, warm welcoming I've ever got um, from a church before. And that's when I knew, like you literally jumped over chairs to like come say what's up to me because someone was standing in the aisle. So you jumped over that row uh, of chairs to come say what's up to me. And I, at that moment, I just kind of knew. I knew you recognized me, you know, yeah, from somewhere. Yeah. And you welcomed me. Yeah, six six. So yeah, <laughs> it happens. Um, but yeah, so no. And then I feel like we kind of hit it off a little bit more. Yeah. But because we were casual at first, we were just random people we knew. And then now, like when we go to LA Fitness, um, I'm the one telling people you're a pastor. I remember one guy <laughs> fouled you. I'm like, hey, you just, you just fouled a pastor. You better, you know, hey, yeah. careful, take a step back, you know. Yeah, um, things have changed there. I, um, I haven't get, gotten picked up more, though. That hasn't changed. I'm still, you're a hooper, though. I pick you up anytime I, I'm uh, able to. You always walk I in try. right after I pick my squad up, too. I try. Like the timing's off of those. We got to text each other. I just hustle, know. man. That's all. You do? Just yeah. hustle. Our buddy Blake, you were embarrassing him the other day. Yeah. Is he going to watch this? <laughs> Hopefully. I hope so, yeah. too. Man, you sp- I told him to. I said, hey, last week he got you pretty bad. Don't let him get you this week. Oh, that wasn't me. That wasn't uh, me. First first time you touched the ball, you took him right to the basket. And then you hit a couple threes in his face. But I hope well, he watches I'm going to stay this. humble because I don't know if it will happen again. So. Nah, yeah, stay humble. Stay humble. I'll, I'll do all the talking for you for all sure. Right. Sit down, stay humble. Is that a song? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think that's what all the kids are calling it these days. Um, Oh yeah, so, so your dad's in it. Um, so you said you're you're a father and you're a husband. Um, how is that like relationship wise? Like getting married and, and uh, finding the right person, finding a Christian woman. Um, was that like hard or like how'd that work out for you? So I always feel like the best way to find a girl is to just, well, for me, this is my opinion, that if you just follow God first and put Him first in everything, that He'll work everything else out. 
and uh, he knows the desires of your heart. And so, I mean, there were moments throughout my life I knew exactly what I wanted in a, in a woman to marry one day. I, I prayed for specific things. I didn't know the timeline of when all that was going to occur, but, but I did meet my wife in church at an event, and um, we just started hanging out as friends. And uh, seven years ago, in 2011, I took over for this church that's right behind me, and um, my dad was helping um, transition this old church into what it is now and kind of changing the culture and new leadership and bringing it back to life again. And I knew that Hillary, my, my now wife, was the one when she came to help me paint the nursery. I'm like, oh man, this girl's legit. She came, she came out to help me paint the nursery. And so we just started hanging out as friends. And then that moment, I'm like, man, I like this girl. She's from San Clemente. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've been in San Clemente, but it's a beautiful place. I love surfing. It's one of my greatest hobbies. And so when I found out she was from San Clemente, that's a surf town. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm, dude, even more. I love this girl even more. That's so awesome. No, but she's just great. Um, we've been married six years now. Okay. We have two kids, um, a four-year-old girl. Her name is Bay, B-A-Y. Oh, nice. So and, not B-A-E. Yeah. yeah, and I, I love your son's name, too. Oh, Brink, yeah. yeah. So Brink's two and a half. And we named him after uh, that Disney movie, Brink, yeah. the roller skating movie. That's so. how you know she's the one, when she agrees yeah, to, yeah. to that name. That's awesome. She liked it, too. So, no, That's good stuff. Um, I was going to spin off on something that you, you just mentioned about uh, find the right one. Man, I forgot what I was. There was like a really good question, a really good question I was going to insert in there, too. <clears throat> well, um, I know a lot of young people are like, you know, if, if you're single, it's like all you think about every single yeah, day. Yeah, okay. You know, That's kind of the direction like, I was going, yeah. Yeah, so people trying to force it, you know, like yeah. people trying to like, um, yeah, they're, they're tired of being single, so they're like, I need to go out and look for somebody. And, find, and I feel like you're trying to force it, it doesn't flow as well. And it, with you, it's it kind of proves that in a way, like it's just, it happened, you know, happened yeah. naturally. You I, know? I mean, I, and I, I mean, I'm a, I pray, I've, I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't hear his voice audibly. I've never heard him say, Matthew, you know, from heaven. <laughs> but but he does like, the more time you spend with God, the more time you read his word, you start to learn. He, he like, his Holy Spirit kind of puts, nudges you in a direction or you, you know, drops uh, inspired ideas into you, downloads. I mean, it sounds crazy for someone who doesn't believe what I believe. It just sounds absolutely like I'm, like I'm nuts. but. I really believe God speaks to people that follow Him, um, and He will, you know, guide you along the best pathway for your life. That's what the Bible says. When you follow Him, He'll He will guide you along the best pathway for your life. And so I remember praying, you know, hard, <laughs> God, I want this and I want this, and and he, God knows the desires of my heart. But then I came to a point where I'm like, you know what, Lord, if you don't answer that prayer, that's fine. You know, if whatever, I just want whatever you want for me. And honestly, I think it's when you get to that point in your life when you say God I just want whatever you want from me I mean that's the best prayer you could pray yeah. because now God's like ah now I've got your whole heart I've got your life and I, I want to bless you and I want to lead you and guide you and I'll lead you into the best life you never even knew possible and so I remember one night praying a prayer Lord whatever you want for my life is fine with me if I even never get married which was a big deal for me I'm like I just want to get married for other reasons more <laughs> you know what they are and so uh, but I was just like, Lord, whatever you want, even if I don't get married, I'm going to follow you the re all my life for the, for the rest of my life. I'm just going to follow you the best I can. And then, I, honest to goodness, it was only a matter of weeks that I ran, met Hillary at a, at a church gathering, and we just connected as friends at first, and then we just then we fell in love, and we were only engaged for like eight months. Like uh. I think we were dating for six to eight, eight months, only dating for six to eight months. I'm like, this is the one. And then we got engaged, and it was only eight months, and then we were married after that. So Dang. I, I kind of, like, knew what I wanted. I was like, bam, bam, bam. And then I, I, it was kind of scary for her because she was like, whoa, marriage, whoa, yeah. who is this guy? And uh, I don't know. I, I knew what I wanted. I was pretty confident. So That's what you told me the other day is, like, um, when you know, like, you know. It's not like, uh, I think this is the one type thing. It's like there's no doubt about it. You felt, you felt like she was the one and yeah, there was no, no doubt. For sure. At first I did. And then I was standing on the platform on our wedding day oh, <laughs> and then the doors open uh, in the middle and then you forever. see the bride and the thoughts were like, Oh my gosh, this is forever. I mean, she's uh, beautiful. That's awesome. And, uh, but I was like, this is forever. And I, you have, I don't think you're ever 100% sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's even possible. Yeah. I think if you're 100% sure you might be a little off, but <laughs> man, to be 100% 
100% sure of anything in life is just really, that's really, it's hard. Yeah, no, I hear you for sure. I think sure. there's always going to be doubt about everything. Well, speaking of doubt and being sure about something, do you feel like you are on the path you should be on right now? Like as a pastor and just life in general? Yeah, there are days that I'm like right on track and I feel confident and I'm, you know, this, this podcast is all about, you know, success and inspiring people and exactly. motivation and there are days when I wake up and I'm really motivated and and I feel successful because things are moving forward but it's on the days when I feel like things are stagnant and when I'm not when I feel like I'm not moving forward or nothing is changing where I grow frustrated and then I question and am, am I really the right guy for the job am I in the right spot and I think I don't maybe it's just me but I go through seasons where I'm like this is what I was meant to do. And then there were seasons where I'm like, I think I'm in the, I missed it. I think really? I missed God on this. And so, yeah. Not, not career-wise, just, just oh. I mean, but no, I'm asking. So you don't feel that way career-wise. You feel it just with certain things, like I feel that, buying a new car. Oh, man, kind of, like, I feel that way stuff. sometimes about a lot of things. So yeah. uh, sometimes I'm really confident um, and, you know, I, I make, I, I feel like I'm a good decision maker. I make quick decisions and, uh, sometimes I and I don't really think about it too much but there are days when whether it's career wise or family wise or whatever decisions that I'm making I wonder man did I am I doing it right am I making the right decisions am I in the right spot mm-hmm. and I don't know <laughs> I think that's just kind of navigating through life so you're human so everybody yeah. does it as we we're saying I mean like like with me I'm an industry that I absolutely love like mm-hmm. when I go to work I pinch myself sometimes because I am paying my bills doing something I love yeah like I don't I've never dreaded going to work I get up at 3 30 in the morning to do it so I dread being up early sometimes but it's never because I'm going to work you know I love it um but there are people who feel that way people hate Mondays like yeah I I don't I don't I've never understood the hating Mondays thing like I've had a nine-to-five and it does kind of suck but I I like being active I like I hate being home doing nothing so some people feel like they're it's too late for them to do something or they're they have to be with that dead-end job or they have to dread mondays and stuff but um you're saying it's normal like it's normal to have doubts and it's normal to second guess some things but i mean i think it personally i think it's never too late to pursue stuff like you have to be responsible about it you can't just be like you know what you're right i'm gonna put my my significant other and my kids to the side they can fend for themselves for a couple months while i go pursue dance yeah you know like don't go do that like (laughs) but after your nine to five you know make sure they have dinner take care of them and go take some dance lessons like do your thing you know that's the kind of that's the mentality that i have for everything um is for people to do it it's not too late you have i hate this because it's it's a yolo mentality but you have one life Mm -hmm. like use it take advantage of it you know life is short yeah i think the one of the biggest questions that people ask in life is like, what is my purpose? And I think that's what really drives you to get up in the morning and, and, to, and to go after the exactly. day. It's like, what's my purpose? And when you know kind of you, how you, 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 you wake up and you're fulfilled doing what you're doing, but I know a lot of people aren't fulfilled in doing what they're doing, you know, at their job or, or whatever your routine is, you don't have that sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you just can't live by your feelings. And I think that's like, we live in a culture now, it's like, my, that's kind of like what I think about our culture right now is a lot of people are just living on emotion and feelings instead of just put, putting a good attitude on and doing the best that they can wherever they're at. I just feel like if, you do, if you're doing the, your absolute best wherever you are, it's going to lead to promotion. It's going to lead to you finding that sense of fulfillment and purpose through other ways. Um, but I think too many people are just living on feelings like, ah, I don't feel like it. Or, yeah. ah, you know, it's just like you just... You, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just our generation. The young, our, you know, the younger we are, we kind of live that way. But millennials, you could yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> millennials. I hate to be identified as that yeah. because I don't feel like I am. But there's still some. There's, <laughs> there, there's a few of us good ones out there, though. You know, we're we're holding down for the rest. Uh, of We're them, super so. humble. Yeah, exactly. We're going to write. We'll start another podcast called Humble Like Me. <laughs> yeah, I call it, I'm I'm so humble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, some I like to ask uh, all my guests on on here is. Uh, what your definition of success is because a lot of people feel like success is fame and fortune and to me personally I feel like not everybody is cut out for fame and fortune but everybody is cut out for success mm-hmm. and success could be monetary it could be happiness it could it could be your own thing so there's really no wrong answer for success but I'm curious what your definition of it is yeah that's kind of a big question I just think like yeah for me like money is not the 
success for me. Obviously, I'm a pastor, so I'm not a <laughs> And TV. it's not a mega church. And it's not yeah. a mega church. Yeah, I, I hope we can continue to grow, but, but money is not the motivator for me. It never has been. Which is why my dad said, "Hey, don't don't be a pastor. There's no money." And I, when when I was my senior year in high school, I said, "I don't care. This is what I want to yeah. do." You know, and I mean now I kind of care a little bit, <laughs> but <laughs> but money is not the motivator for me. And so success is really when somebody finds their God-given purpose in life. Like, what are the what is in your hands that you can use that God has given you to make a difference in the world? Like that to me is success. If you're using your gifts, your abilities, um, if you're making a difference in the world somehow, God uniquely designed you the way that you are, Scott, and He uniquely designed me. There's no one like us. There's no one like whoever's watching this podcast. There's no one like you. So what did God create you to do and do that? That to me is like the ultimate success. And whether people know your name or not, who cares? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid to, to speak upon excess or success and say that they are successful because they feel like it's an arrogant thing. It's, they feel like it's talking about like their finances or something like that. You know, people don't want to say, oh, I make this much money a year because it's arrogant or not in anyone else's business, right? But to me, telling people you're successful or saying you're successful, I don't think it should be like connotatively negative. Like I don't think people should be hesitant about pursuing success or admitting success or saying they're not quite they don't feel like they are successful yet like it there shouldn't be a negative thing uh, i mean that's just that's my take on it but yeah. a lot of people just don't want to say that they're successful i mean they want to be successful but they don't want to tell people they're successful you yeah know? i think it's just because it's received funny yeah i could see that i guess that's kind of what i'm trying to change in a way too it's yeah. not it's not a bad thing to talk about. No, you I know? don't think so. It shouldn't be. Like, I'm trying to actually provoke people to be successful, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, yeah that's, that is the name of the podcast, <laughs> Provoke Success. And by being provoked, and that's another kind of negative, negatively connotative word is being provoked. Like, oh, you provoked the person to fight you or something like that. But no, yeah. it's not. It doesn't have to be negative. Like, provoked is, is doing, making you do something whether you have to hear the hard truth or not, yeah. you know, like you're sitting on the couch all day doing nothing, get up and do something. And which is kind of why I have this couch and I take this couch different places. Cause it's like a, if you, you know, don't want to get up off the couch and do something with your life, at least take it with you. And yeah. that's kind of where I am. You know, yeah. most people couch, most people's couches are in their living room. Mine's sitting here at a park, beautiful <laughs> Southern California, yeah. enjoying the weather, talking to you. So just, you know, do something with your life. That's yeah. kind of the way I, I feel about it, but that was my little rant. I like you know? it. I like it. I think it's about the spirit of how and how you talk about. So, so like, if you are a successful person, and um, the 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 spirit in which you're telling people you're successful really matters. So like, it's not boastful. If it comes across, across prideful, of course no one's going to receive it. They're going to think someone's just arrogant. Yeah. But if you're saying, oh yes, I'm successful in a more of a meek way. It's not bad to be humble about it. Yeah, you know? exactly. You're not saying you're rich. Yeah. Like, I, I I, personally think you are successful. From the outside looking in, I would say you are a successful person. You were just saying you're a pastor. You don't make a lot of money. But to me, even though you say you don't make a lot of money, I still think you're a successful person. You know, and it's not, it's not monetary. You know, yeah. and that's, I don't know. That's, I think that's the biggest thing I'm trying to push out there is be successful. Like, I feel like this podcast is successful. Yeah, I do. I've not made a penny. I've <laughs> lost money from this podcast, you know, because I'm, I'm not trying to make money from it right now. I'm just trying to spread the word and yeah. get out there. And well, I think the conversation's great. But even when you say, "I think you're," when you say to me, "I think you're successful," like, yeah, I almost want to shake my head no a little bit. And I think anybody that that would say I'm successful, I would feel like, man, I don't know. Well, that, that was going to be my next question: Is do you think you are successful? I think I. I think that I would want to say yes in some way, mm -hmm. but also no, because I feel like I have so much more to give and to grow. And, and I'm just like thinking about the future and how much more ground there is to take and how much more dream is left inside of my heart that hasn't yet been accomplished. And so you're, the way I'm grasping that you're, you're putting it out is uh, success is a, is a level that once you hit it, you become successful. That's the way I feel like you're you're doing it. My my I guess view of it would be 
the process of chasing it. Mm. So like, yeah, take church and take other things out of it. Are you a successful father? I I hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, but like you have children. Yeah. You know, you're a great dad. Yeah. You're you're you care for them. You talk about them. Like, I think you are successful. You've successfully have created children. Yeah. So there's, no, I mean, I guess that kind of, there's a line yeah, where a child is born or, you know, <laughs> and you become a father or conceived, you become a father. Um, but. Well, I'm definitely encouraged right now. Yeah, no, it's good. You're a successful <laughs> husband, successful father, friend, surfer, apparently, you know, yeah. so you're just all around athlete though, are you? I, I love sports. I love water sports. Basketball, I just try hard. I wish I was better. You're a hooper, though. You, you keep putting Man, it down. I right. would say you're a successful basketball player, wow. too. Yeah. Man, I'm so encouraged we're, on this podcast. We're going to hoop. That's good. That's what, I, that's, that's what I'm trying to do is encourage people and, you know, be encouraged. And, I get, you know, I just like to talk sometimes. Sometimes I just like to rant. Don't even know which, which direction I'm going with it. But I also like to listen. So, yeah. But I'm sure you're, you're that kind of... a good listener. Of, I yeah. appreciate it. Um, I sure, I'm sure people come to you and want to vent or have you listen to them about uh-huh. things right you yeah. know you get advice about obviously you can't tell us particular stories and people but do people come to you about career choices and like difficulties and success related or failed failure related uh yeah for sure i mean i there's all i've i've been a part of so many conversations that are just you know the craziest stories and experiences but i'm only third years old and I have 30 you got years it right of, this time. Yeah, I'm 30 years 29. old, and I've got 30 years of life experience. So, um, you know, I, I haven't lived a whole long time, but you know, for what it is, I offer what I can. And if I if I don't have the answers, I try not to make them up. I yeah. just say, hey, man, I'm, this is beyond me, and you might need a professional counselor because I'm not a professional counselor. Yeah, you're really just kind of giving your opinion on a lot of things and, and the word, yeah. you know, the, the biblical word. A lot of the time it's my my opinion and, and how I've, you know, perceived God's word and through that lens. Yeah, you were saying you're only 30 years old and I think, yeah, a lot of times with age comes wisdom. You know, you're not 60, you haven't been through the trenches, you haven't gone through anything and everything like some people, you know, may have. Um, but you have gone through things that others haven't, you know, so you can still help people. You still can, uh, you know, give your advice and who knows, you know, how it could help somebody or when or where, um, like with me, I'm a, I'm a engineer officer in the U S army reserve. Um, so I'm responsible for, you know, 35 other, other personnel, a lot of them being younger than me, some of them being older than me. So a lot of them have a wife and kids and I don't, I don't have a wife or kids. So it's hard for them to take my word on some things. You know, if they're having issues at home with their wife or their child, it's harder for me to relate because I haven't had, yeah. you know, that situation. Yeah. So I get it. There's some things I can't help out with, but I have experienced people who have, I've been around people who have experienced stuff like that, you know, and sometimes they tell me their trials and tribulations and I can help spread those to other people. So there's, I guess indirect ways of helping people even though you're not experienced in certain fields right you know like we're both 30 years old 29 30 um we haven't gone through the trenches but i feel like there is still ways we can help people in situations that we personally haven't gone through you know and i'm sure you get a lot of that right yeah well luckily for me like my expertise is i guess you would say you know i'm a bible teacher pastor minister so i rely heavily on what God's word has to say and I just believe it's the ultimate wisdom so there's a scripture for everything Mm -hmm. and it's relevant to anyone in every season of their life and so I always revert back to God's word I'm like hey I know I'm only 30 years old I've been through some stuff but I haven't been through everything and uh, but I can always go to God's word and it and the Bible says that it doesn't return void so I mean that's the ultimate like guidebook for living yeah and so i'm always just referring back people like hey what does god's word say you know are there certain uh books or verses that you think are are success or career related that can yeah give give people that people can go check out if they are feeling like they're stuck somewhere and they want to go read the word yeah the my life verse right now and it's been for a few years is galatians chapter 6 verse 9 so galatians is in the new testament of the bible chapter 6 verse 9 it says, don't grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. 
and I highlighted the part if you don't give up. Wow. So just don't give up. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I think every Monday, so Monday's my day off. So I work all week long. Sunday church happens, but of course the church is more than just Sundays. It goes beyond that. But Sunday is the big gathering. I use a lot of energy on those days. And then Monday hits. And uh, in my household, we call it the holy hangover because <laughs> we've just <laughs> been like giving everything we have on yeah. Sundays. And Monday's my day off. We just chill. And Monday's the day where I feel like giving up. Uh, and one of my uh, mentors in life, he has this saying, he's like, it's okay to want to give up just as long as you know you won't. It's okay uh, to want to yeah. give up just as long yeah. as you know you won't. You could you could think about yeah. it, but just don't actually <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. No, that's a lot, actually a lot of things in life you can you can pertain <laughs> that to. You're allowed to think about it, just don't do it. Yeah. You know? um, do you have, do you, I like that you brought verses to it. I don't know, do you have, if, if somebody wanted to um, get into the scripture, uh-huh. like somebody who hasn't before, uh, is there like a particular way for them to get started, whether they should read something on their own, whether they should go visit their local church, or say they want to get into ministry themselves, but they just know nothing about it. Yeah. Is there a particular path they should go? Well, first of all, if, like, if you're somebody listening to this podcast right now, and you're kind of like, curious about the things of God and you're not really sure where to find answers I would go straight to God's word it's the Bible and there's a book in the New Testament called the book of John and John does a really good job writing about the life of Jesus who I've given my life to and who I live every day to follow and become more like and so if you just read about the life of Jesus you read about who he was what his character was like he's the son of God what he did and uh you know, the ultimate sacrifice that he paid on the cross, that just gives you a a really great overview of what, of who God is. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. And so I would say that's the perfect place to start if you're kind of a beginner, a newbie. Like, start in the book of John, read through the book of John, and it'll give you just a great perspective of who God is, what he's like. And then if you're if you're kind of not a newbie or you're not, and you've, you're already a follower of Jesus and you want to go into full-time ministry, the best thing to do would just be to be rooted in a local church that you love and to serve that pastor and let him know the dream in your heart, but just serve him well. And then he'll help you, you know, guide you into the, the plan that he'd love for, to bring you on board. Maybe one day there will be an open position. I don't know. But really, you have to, you kind of have to know that in your heart from God, like if this is what you want to do full time. Like I get paid to be a pastor full time. That's not the pathway for a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, their full time ministry is uh, doing a provoked success podcast. <laughs> you know, like that's your full time ministry. And so ministry goes beyond just the church walls. It's it's your everyday life, how you treat people, how you love people, the the excellence level in which you do your job. Um, that is ministry. Um, the way all of it is ministry. I, I do it full time at a church, and that's my life. But ministry is everywhere. Um, so you kind of have to know, like, if if, if full time ministry, when I'm, I'm talking about like being paid to be a pastor, it's not for everybody, and uh, it's kind of a, a specific calling that God puts on a person's life. But everyone's called to ministry, regardless of whether you're a pastor or not. The, the title and you can do it in different forms too like uh even with your local church uh, yeah. i got to meet the media team yeah. I'm, I'm a media guy so that's more where i'm comfortable with um we got to uh, check out the uh sunday school area or, yeah, or yeah. what do you day daycare what do you call oh, it? oh it's uh, like kids church stuff yeah, kids and all church. the rooms and all the environments there so there's a lot of volunteers there yeah. who make that possible yeah. right and they're that's they're part of their ministry yeah. and they're not getting paid for it but they're doing it with their heart you know yeah it takes an army <coughs> of people that are just sacrificing yeah, that's awesome. Um, another way in uh, to introduce yourself to the Word is, uh, like you mentioned this past Sunday, um, the Bible apps. Oh, I yeah. mean, you have verse of the day, and I get a verse of the day on my phone every single day. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. It's just one quick little verse. You look at it. You relate to it. Um, you could share it. And I think that's a good way to just, even, even maybe subconsciously, it's there. Because people are always picking up their phones. They're always mm-hmm. looking at it. Um, and then... Whether you actually read it or whether you, you know, swipe away, you're 
acknowledging somehow that that verse of the day is popping up yeah. on your phone you know you may not get used to it you know right away but over time you might just be like hey, let me actually read this yeah let me actually relate this to my life and then you start going through and you start reading some more yeah and if you don't want to read it i'm pretty sure there's an audio button on it that'll read it for you yep. so i mean it's pretty awesome yeah it's it's a really really great app to get the app is called uversion the the thing i think that's coolest about it is like you can it has a search engine so like if you're going through a season and you're just really discouraged or dare I say depressed, you can type in depression on this Bible app in the search engine and it'll bring up all of these uh, verses in the Bible that just have to do with that specific topic wow. that can kind of, you know, be some be something that you can hold on to. Yeah, you can type in success and see yeah. things to motivate you, yeah. right? Yeah, it'll probably lead you to the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Okay, that's, that's good. Um, you're talking about depression and that being a that actually being a negative thing. Um, there's a lot of people who say they don't have the support of others or they want to pursue something and other people kind of like, ah, that's not possible. Don't worry about it. Like, don't even bother. Don't waste your time. Um, has that happened to you? Like, what, what, what kind of negativity do you face as a pastor? I guess that's kind of where I'm asking because, you know, the world we live in today, not everybody's a Christian. Yeah. A lot of people aren't afraid to admit they're not Christians. Um, a lot of people are extremely mean about it. So what, what do you say to those people and what kind of negativity do you run into? Hmm. If any. Man. I mean, I just think, I guess the most negative thing is that, I mean, our world is obviously, the, the world that we live in, I mean, there's a lot of people who believe in God and follow God. And then there's a ton of people who don't. And I don't know if, it's a negative thing. I think there's just there's a lot of people that don't know God, and and our whole vision as a church is to help people know God and find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. And so, any negativity that comes our way, usually people aren't really, you know, vocal about it against me or our church because I guess it's keyboard warriors mostly, or I mean, nobody really wants to say things to your face because there are people out there who are not afraid to to shun Christians yeah you know, I mean there's people who all around like there's Christians who aren't nice people too I'm not saying that all of them are but like there's gr all groups of all different types of people the ones I'm particularly asking about are have you had any n negative um, interactions with people who are super anti-Christ anti-God yeah, yeah. You know. honestly, I haven't, I, I, I've had conversations with people that are just like, no, nah, man, not for me. I, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And, but my interactions with them aren't ever bad. I th and I think it's because it's, we're having conversation and they know my spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying, I'm not mad at them. I'm, I'm, they're not mad at me. It's just our personal beliefs. Honestly, the most negativity, negativity I face is actually from Christians inside the church. And so, really? But it, that's that's very little. I, I, our church is pretty healthy, but man, I've I've grown up in church my whole life, and mm -hmm. so if I've ever experienced anything negative or any negativity, it's from the Christians within the church who really just aren't acting like Christians. And so that's yeah. Th but that's like the insider stuff. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, you know. But it does. It people are people. You were saying earlier too. A lot of people treat you a little bit different when they find out you're a pastor. So that could be a little play a little part. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like as it, when people find out I'm a Christian, I get people surprised when they find out I'm a Christian. Like, wait, you're a Christian? <laughs> like, wait, do I not act like one or something? Am I like doing cocaine every weekend <laughs> or something? Like, no. Like, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, but then sometimes I get into like little debates with people. Like, oh, you really believe there's somebody up there uh -huh. like with the bolt of lightning can kill you in a split second? And I'm like. It, he's not Zeus like I mean <laughs> yeah. he, he has he's very powerful yeah. but like people turn it into like a storybook type thing or a cartoon type thing and that's not the case and I understand you have to have faith and like I get all that and it's hard for some people just to believe but um, I, don't know, I just didn't know if you had advice for those people who well I think I think people have just had so many different experiences and and it's you know I whenever somebody walk into the doors of our church or if I have a conversation with somebody I know that there's experience there somewhere. Whether they're, they've been to a church before, they were hurt by a church, they had an experience where a pastor said something they didn't like, or I don't know, whatever their experience is, or maybe they never grew up in church their entire life. They grew up an, under a different religious idea or, or none at all. And so everyone just has completely different experiences and 
And so I'm always starting a conversation with somebody as if they know nothing about me or God. And I don't really, I don't know if I'm answering your question. Like yeah, you no, I, th I think that was good. I got a little, maybe a little more spicy question that you may or may not want to answer. What about <laughs> the people who think uh, we can coexist with uh, other religions and just, just get along? Everyone just, you do your thing, they do their thing, I do my thing, and just everybody's yeah. happy. Well, everyone has free will. That's, you know, everyone can, has, has the ability to choose what they want to believe and what they don't want, want to believe. Especially here in America. Yeah. Where it's not forced upon you. Yeah. So, yeah, you could, I mean, you could live on this earth and, and believe what you want to believe and do what you want to do. And that, obviously that's your choice. Um, but obviously as a Christian and uh, just as a Christian, not even as a pastor, but just believing what God's word says, there will be a day when the Bible talks about, there will be a day when Jesus Christ returns for his church. The church is our, our followers of Jesus, people who have surrendered their life to him, who have believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross and that God raised him from the dead. There will be a day when Jesus comes back for his church. We will, be res we will ascend to heaven if, if we haven't already died in the ground. We will ascend to heaven and um, yeah, we'll spend eternity in heaven with, with God. Is that all revelations? And, yeah, I mean, some revelations, a lot through the New Testament. The book of John talks about it, too. Okay. So, um, but yeah, that, that's what is known as the rapture. But it's, yeah, I revelations mean, is a scary one. It could be scary if, if, you're, if you're not a believer yeah. but, or hopeful if you are. Like, I can't wait for the day. It's going to yeah. be awesome. I can't wait to be in heaven. I, <laughs> I mean, the, this life on earth is hard sometimes. There mm -hmm. are days when I... You know, when you go through stuff, I'm like, man, Lord, I just, I'd just so much rather be in heaven right now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Uh, because in heaven, the Bible says there's going to be no more tears, uh, no more pain, no more suffering. In fact, we're going to get new bodies, uh, perfected bodies, the Bible talks about. Yours isn't perfected already? Uh, I just have a little <laughs> bit more now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are hitting up LA Fitness later today. So. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's good stuff. Um, another one thing I was kind of curious about is uh, a lot of people say if you want to keep a relationship, you want to keep a friendship, or even what not to do during Thanksgiving dinner is do not talk about politics or religion. Uh -huh. Do you do you agree with all that? I actually stay away from politics probably because I feel like I'm not adequately knowledgeable all the time because I just don't I don't watch the news and I, like. I don't know if that's good or bad, but there's just so much doom and gloom. I'm like, ah. A lot of it's negative. Yeah. Me personally, I think everyone should keep up with it at, at minimum, yeah. you know? Um, but a lot of it is so negative that it's hard. You know, yeah. I at least get news updates. I get it from multiple sources so I can see how each of them word it because everyone's biased in their own ways. Um, and then I kind of create my own middle ground opinion on really what happened. And a lot of times stuff comes out so quick, they're wrong anyways. So. Yeah we won't get into the politics side of things but like religion is thrown into that as well like you know with friends and family and thanksgiving dinner a lot of times people say don't bring them up because people aren't always on the same page do you agree with that or you think it's something that we should talk about i just think it should i mean i would me personally i don't force things you know it's all through relationship so if the door is open to talk about that stuff then yeah we have it in a spirit of in the right spirit you know mm -hmm. like I, I just don't want to argue with people. Yeah. Like what's there? Nothing good comes out of it. I don't mind having different differing opinions as long as it, we're listening to each other with an open heart and an open mind. That's cool. But when it's when there's this spirit of like in, antagonizing and provoking in a in a negative, negative way, way yeah. I just like what's the point of that? So yeah, no, for that, me, I, I I like that. No, I I agree with that. And I mean, a lot of people say the being a Christian also is to spread God's word. Like yeah. that is your job, you know? And some people get a negative um, mentality of that. Uh, you know, like, oh, you're just forcing it upon me. You're knocking on my door and saying, you have, you know, have, you accepted Jesus Christ in your life, which most of the time that's not Christians who do that. Yeah. But um, we would never knock on your door from family church, but. Yeah, yeah you even said that. You yeah. said, fill out the car, tell us, you know, who you are, how you found us, all that stuff, yeah. you know, what your address is, but it's only so we can mail you something, yeah, not so we can bombard no, you. No hassle guarantee. Yeah, no, that's card. awesome. I definitely I filled mine out. I don't <laughs> know if you saw it, but I did. Um, but yeah, so like it, it, we are here to spread God's word. Like that is our our job here on earth. Is that is that not right? Or yeah, that's okay. correct. Um, 
spread God's word, but really to live it out would be the main thing. Um, so like there's this old saying, I'm sure you've heard of it and a lot of people have, I didn't come up with it, but no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, yeah, okay. so like that, that really go, it's not a Bible verse, but it's just a great motto to yeah. live by. Um, like for me, no one cares how much I know until they know how much I care about them. So for first and foremost, it always starts with relationship with people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I'm not here to change people. You know, that's God's, that's his deal. Yeah. That's between you and the Lord. Um, but I, I'm happy to love on you just the way you are, but I know God loves you and loves me so much that he doesn't want to keep us where we're at. My, I'm constantly changing every single day. And, uh, that should be our heart and attitude towards God. Like, Lord, I want to be more like you every single day. Change me from the inside out. Yeah. So every day I need more of his grace, mercy, all that. That's awesome. Um, so what about the people who feel like they want to give their life to Christ? I mean, is that, that's a, it's a pretty big step, right? If someone feels like they're ready to, to devote themselves. Yeah, it's a huge, I mean, it's a life-altering decision for sure. But in the best way, I think it's the best life ever. Um, Anybody who is kind of on the verge of thinking like, man, I think this is, I want to become a Christian, a Christ follower. Um, basically what you're doing is you're making a decision to surrender your life to God, to say, my life is not my own. And, and to say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm completely cool with. And, but really you're making a statement between you and the Lord that, uh, that you believe that Jesus is the son of God that's really like the, that's the main thing it's like because you can't get into heaven through good works like you can't give the church enough money to earn your way there uh, this grace that you receive when you receive Christ it's it's free like mm-hmm. you can't earn it you don't deserve it you're not good enough you gotta mean it though yeah but it is a like you've gotta really mean it from your heart it's like God I believe you're the son Jesus I believe you're the son of God that you died on the cross for my sins and for the sins of the world. The famous verse in, in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Meaning that even if you die on this earth, you're going to live forever in heaven for those that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So, yeah, it's a big decision. Hopefully I'm not talking too much about no, this. No, no, that was, that was good. That's what All I right. was wanting, too. Okay. I, you know, some people are curious, and some people just haven't picked up the book and or maybe some people just aren't readers or something like that you know so um just being introduced to it you know there's different levels of success here on earth and um actually i guess there's levels of success in space too if you want to look at that i don't know why i said here on earth because you can be an astronaut or you can join the space force now that we got that (laughs) um but there's just different levels of success and i think a spiritual success is one as well like you like I said, it doesn't have to be monetary, so I think you can spiritually be successful. And actually, that's the word I like to use over religious. I think religious, a lot of people are like negative towards that word. Yeah. Um, I think spiritual is a, a really good one. And I don't just want people to be motivated for like finding the career they want or the hobby they want. I think a spiritual success, being provoked spiritually, um, is important too. And that you're a great um, doorway to make that happen, especially if someone's here in Southern California. Come on down. We're right here in Signal Come Hill. Come on down. Yeah. We Look. give away free cars. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Oprah. <laughs> but no, the the Signal Hilltop is actually just right over yeah. over here to our side. So um, if people you know want to check it out, um, man, you're saying so so many good things that I that I want to touch upon. But uh, I think that was I think that was. Could I say just hit. one last thing on success? I don't know how we're doing on time. No, no, we're plenty of time. Okay. Go for it. Go for but it. I, and a bee, that, a bee landed here a few seconds oh, ago, yeah, and that, I was just, like, staring at him for a little bit. So, <laughs> Have you seen the bee movie with uh, I have not. With Seinfeld? No. No? The but I, hear, I hear it's pretty good. You have oh. kids, so yeah, it, oh, it makes more right. sense for you to see it. Anyway, well, I should finish the story. <laughs> yeah, go for it. In the, in the bee movie, anybody who's seen the bee movie, the bee goes into his closet, and he says, oh, black and yellow, black and yellow, black <laughs> and yellow. And he says, oh, yellow and black. I just thought that was the funniest line in the whole movie. I haven't seen that, but I did see there was a some the thing on YouTube where every time some a character says the word "b," uh, the video goes twice as fast. Huh. So like the, you watch it for like a good thirty seconds, someone says, "Hey, good morning, bees," or something, 
and then it doubles up and then it's a, you know, a little bit higher pitched voice. Uh, hey, good morning, bees, or whatever. And then it just keeps going. So the whole movie is done in like six minutes or something oh like that gosh. because it just, towards the end, it's just going so <laughs> fast. But uh, that's the only thing I have with it. But yes, you were going to add to success and please Oh do. yeah, okay. So now that we've been talking for almost an hour, uh, I would say now I think I have a better definition of success, honestly. Okay. Uh, now that I've kind of, we've kind of been processing. But I think success is this uh, from like just a, it, it, I just think that if you have Jesus, you have everything you need, and that's like the most, if all you have is Jesus and nothing else, you have everything you need. I just think that's a great starting point to, to living a successful life. I know not everyone would, would you know, feel the same as me, but I just think like, if, if all you have is Jesus and nothing else, you have everything you need. Because at least if you have Jesus, you have you know, eternity in heaven to look forward to. You have this free gift of salvation that you received that you didn't earn or deserve. It's just free. You have forgiveness of sins and a purpose now every single day to wake up and live for Him. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate success, I think, in my eyes. Um, in a lot of people's eyes that are Christ followers, they would probably agree with me because, I mean, that is, that is it. That's where, I mean, where it all begins and ends for me. So that's my definition of success. I changed it from the start to now. That's so <laughs> with that being said, I asked you earlier if you felt that you were successful. I'm successful, there, baby. Okay, all right, all right. Nah, okay. I'm, I'm so encouraged. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Um, and we were speaking earlier about um, giving your life to Christ. What is the process of that? Is it a baptism? Is it a verbal commitment out loud? You have to say it. Is it something you have to feel in your heart? Like, what what is the actual? Well, the first step is it, it's a commitment between you and God, and God knows, you know, the thoughts of your mind. He knows the desires of your heart, and uh, so it's a prayer. It's a conversation between you and God. And when I say God, I'm speaking and referring to the person of Jesus Christ. So I'm not talking about the universe. I'm not talking about something abstract that you can't uh, put a name to it. I'm naming it, and His name is Jesus Christ. And so I'm having a conversation with God, Jesus Christ, the person of God who died, who came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the world, raised to life again. I'm having a conversation with that God, and I'm saying, God, I believe that you are the creator of the universe, and I'm putting my hope and trust in you. So the conversation starts there. And the moment, that's the first step. The second step, the, after you receive Christ, the Bible instructs us to be water baptized, which, you know, is, is, a, is a big sta- statement of faith because now you're going public with that private decision that you just had between you and God. And usually it's happening because you're connecting with the church and you're letting that church community know, other believers know, like, hey, I made a decision to follow Christ. I gave my life to Him. So water baptism is a big deal. Uh, it, there's, it's where we, we actually put people under the water and raise them back up out of the water. And it's kind of a... it's it's uh, Symbolic? It's symbolic. Yeah, I don't want to use the word religious either because it's not religious, it's symbolic, but it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing special about the water. At our, at our church, we use a, a heated tank, so it's even more comfortable for people. Nice. But it's chlorinated. I mean, they get a free T-shirt. It's amazing. But our whole church rallies around that water tank. And the symbolism behind it is that when you go under that water, you basically it's a statement that your old life is dead and gone because of what Jesus Christ did for you and because of that grace that you've received. And when you come up out of that water, you are raised to new life in Christ. That's what the whole symbolism behind it. And it's like, it's basically like, I the best analogy I can use is like LeBron James, he's on the Lakers now. Like, you know, like if he goes into a game, he's putting on a Lakers jersey uh, to say like, I'm a part of this team, I'm a Laker. Uh, like, what would it be like if LeBron James said, no, nah, I'm not gonna wear that team jersey. I'm just gonna go out there on my own and, uh, I'll, I'll be. I want to be on the team, but I don't want. I don't want to be recognized as a part of the team. Yeah. Well, that's what water baptism is. You're you're saying I'm I'm a part of this team. I'm putting on the jersey, and uh, I'm a Christian, and it's going public with your faith. So that's a good one. What um, what do you say it it would take for others to be successful just in life? Like, it it's not necessarily easy all the time to be successful. Like sometimes some paths are a little harder than others. Um, what advice would you give to people who are on the fence of either following that career path they want that 
spiritual path they want, that mental path they want? Like, what would you, what advice would you give? I like what you were saying earlier before we even began the conversation. You were kind of talking about the whole basis of this podcast being like, use what you've got. Like, don't make excuses. I think that's awesome. Like, I, I love the grit and the grind of waking up every day and just doing the best with what you can with what's in your hands. And I, I mean, that, that's spiritual, you know, like whatever God has put in front of you, use what you've got to the best of your ability. That The Bible talks about it, and um, uh, there's, um, there's stories, they're made-up stories, parables Jesus would tell about the sowers, <laughs> like of, uh, uh, these servants who were given money, and uh, there were three different servants that were given money from their master, and uh, one, one servant got like one bag, two servants got two bags of money, or the second service servant got two bags of money the third servant got like five bags of money um and uh the first servant that got just the one bag he dug a hole and just buried it because he was too afraid to invest it he didn't want to lose it he didn't want to make the master unhappy so he he was they were told to invest it correct or yeah, they, they were told, told to, to invest it okay. like to yes. multiply it mm-hmm. yeah hey what's up scott <laughs> so um and so like there's the one bagger two bagger and like the five bagger and um the two bagger doubled it the five bagger doubled his as well and when the master came back to see what they did with it, um, he was pleased with the two servants that had doubled their money, and he was upset with the one who buried it and did nothing with the talents. And so that's kind of like it's a good this, this success yeah. podcast. It's like, what are you going to do with what you have? Uh, they all had the same equal opportunity. Yeah, some of them got more, but that's not the point of the story. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's dealt a different hand of cards in this life we don't all have the same set of circumstances but what are you going to do with what you've been given what you've been dealt do something with it don't just bury it do something with it so glad you mentioned that too about where we aren't all dealt the same cards some people grow up in really rough neighborhoods some people grow up with silver spoons in their mouth personally i think each and every person has the opportunity to be successful not no they don't have the same difficulties or the same um, options or path or even as many paths but each person has the opportunity to be successful especially here in America that's something so great about our country is we have the ability to to pursue the American dream um, yes yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too because yeah, people use that as excuses oh I'm from this this hood or I'm from this city and I can't you know yeah. I can't get out that's well, not my the dad case. was like your dad yeah, all this yeah. stuff. And my dad wasn't uh, an attorney who would sue everybody. I wasn't like a preppy uh, frat guy popping my yeah. collars. You know, I, I worked hard. Like, my, my parents instilled hard work into me. You know, they, I, I've worked hard for everything I've earned, um, not been given anything. And I think that plays a big part, too, is yeah. when you work for it, I think you end up becoming more successful and you appreciate it more, too. People who are given things, don't appreciate it as much. Yeah. I, I prefer the people, if I had my own company someday where I were to hire people, I would prefer the people who, who came from the more rugged and um, harder areas to get out of and then got to where they're at. Yeah. Because I think their work ethic is, Man, is work ethic, so, ethic so much is stronger. Awesome. Yep. Exactly. I love people with strong work ethic. Yeah. Everybody wants to hire people with strong work ethic yep. to work, to be a team be on a team with people who have good work ethic it's just mm-hmm. there's nothing like them yeah exactly yeah that's that's the kind of people you want to be around too it keeps you motivated yeah. so it's really nice you don't really want to be around lazy well i don't know bill gates i think said something about he doesn't mind hiring lazy people because they find a more efficient way to, to <laughs> get from point a to point b which i guess there's an optimistic yeah. way to look at laziness but um but yeah for the most part yeah like just work for it like it's not going to be easy like this couch i mentioned this story before my truck's parked, what, 100 feet away, 200 feet, away, something like that. I don't know. I had to get this couch here by myself, you know. It's I was not, thinking that when I walked up and it was all yeah. set up. I'm like, where's your helpers? Yep, nope, nobody. It's all me. Got my camera set up. Got it. You know, I, I do it all myself. I don't make excuses. Um, it's not easy to drag this couch over here, but I made it happen, yeah. you know. And I'm happy with it. You showed up and you loved it. You're like, man, this set is awesome. This looks so great. And that little bit of hard work I put in, benefited right there with just your appreciation yeah. of how it looked and it was all ready to go when you got here so um well i appreciate you uh you hanging out and talking and i think you gave a lot of um wisdom today and i think um 
I think people are more motivated now. Whether you know it or not, I think, <laughs> you, even if it was just like one other person, yeah. I think that's what matters is you motivated somebody and um, you know what? I'm just gonna say you motivated me. So I, maybe I'm that one hey, person, but hey, I appreciate I'm it. I'm motivated just being in this conversation. Like it makes me wanna just keep going. So. Yeah, well, well, we'll have you back on again. And right now we're gonna go grab a burger from my buddy's restaurant yes, who's super it. awesome and then uh, go burn that burger off at LA Fitness a little bit later. <laughs> do you want to give a shout out to your church? Like, is there a way for people to connect with you? If people are here in Southern California yeah, and they want to connect and if, follow you somewhere? Or? Sure, if, if uh, you're local Southern California people and you're not connected to any church, just look up familychurch.co on, on, online. You can watch messages that we that we preach every Sunday on there just to kind of check things out if you're curious. Or you can visit one of our two locations in Whittier, California, and right here in Long Beach. So, and then of of course, if uh, if anyone else has, is listening to this and they want to know more, and uh, are curious about some of the things that I talked about, you can, they can email me or follow me on Instagram. Yeah, go shout out. What's your yeah? Uh, does, does the church have an Instagram as well as you? Yeah, the church has an Instagram. Do, so do both family, of them? Yeah. yeah, just Family Church on Instagram. You'll find us real easy. And then yours? Uh, my Instagram handle is Matthew Ansel with two T's. And Matthew. Man, it was great having yeah, you. I appreciate man, you coming you so over. Much. Yeah, we'll do this again sometime. We're just hanging out and, and talking about life and, and the word and success and stuff. So thank you everybody for uh watching and listening to another episode of Provoke Success. I uh, hope to have another episode out to you here shortly. Um please continue to watch. Um throw some comments in the bottom. Let me know what you think about it. If you liked or didn't like anything particular, like I would love feedback. Be honest, be cruel. Um, be provoked, you know, so uh, thanks for listening. I'm Scotty B. Talk to you next time.